You are listening to a live podcast sermon from Seeking the Kingdom Worship Nights by ThisIsSalvation.com. For more information, visit www.ThisIsSalvation.com or search us on Facebook under This Is Salvation or Not My Fame Worship. We're going to be digging into God's Word today. There's a lot of new faces here, a lot of people I haven't met, which excites me because and there's a lot of old friends that I see here, which is nice to see also. But for the past three months, we've been meeting in this place. We've been coming to get filled up on the Word of God. For those who don't know what this is about, this is called Seeking the Kingdom. I like to tell my friends, if you're here tonight, you're here for a reason tonight, because God wants to speak to you. There's no coincidence. There's no, it's, you're here tonight because God wants to tell you something to teach you something, to further your life with Him. And for those who don't know this group, it got birthed in our basement, just five or six people. We came and we said, you know, why are we not just reading this Word and living this out the way it should be? Why are we complicating it? Why are, why are we getting confused? The God's Word says what God's Word says, and we got to live what God's Word says. Simple as that. So that's what we started to do. We started to just have a few people over. We would worship and we would read the word. And then eventually, you know, God grew us out of the basement. Now we're in Mississauga here. This is our third time doing it. And basically we call this place Seeking the Kingdom. Why? Because we're seeking the kingdom of God. Matthew 6.33, it says, you know, don't worry about all these things in the world. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you're going to do, all this stuff to seek after the kingdom of God and everything will be added unto you. So that's what we're doing. We're just coming after the Word of God. We're not worrying about everything else. Yeah, we've got to be diligent and worry about things on left and right, but we're here to seek the kingdom of God, and that's it. However it looks, however it is, God, you will lead us. We trust you. So that's how we got to be doing this. And, you know, the last three times, the last four times we've been meeting up, it's, it's great to come get filled up with the Word of God. You know, it's great to get on that mountaintop. It's great, you know, to repent of our sins and ask God to just show us the way. But we can't always just come for these mountaintop experiences. We can't always just come to get filled up. Because if we want to become mature Christians, we have to come to the Word of God and learn from the Word of God. We have to know what the Word of God says. So that's why tonight we're going to do a little bit different. We're going to be talking about a little bit different topic. A topic that we don't usually talk about in church or in our Christian circles too much. And it's going to be about spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare, it can be a very intimidating topic. It can be, some people, a scary topic. But we're going to cover the basics because this topic is so vast. There's so much to say about. There's so many fine details that we can talk about. But we don't have that much time. And what I want to talk about today is, is just the practical. The day-to-day, how to walk this faith and deal with spiritual warfare at the same time. Because I bet there's people in this room that are suffering some spiritual warfare, and sometimes they don't even know it. So we're talking about spiritual warfare. And every time you know, I talk about this topic with friends, or it gets talk, uh, brought up with some people, people always say, don't give the devil that much credit. Don't give the devil, just because something bad happens doesn't mean that you know, the devil's doing something. Doesn't mean that whatever, like, okay, I'll agree with you partially, you know. Not everything that bad happens is from the enemy. But when I open up my word of God and I read 1 Peter 5 it says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. 
John 10.10, it says, The thief, the devil, his purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. In Ephesians 6, where we are, where where we're going to be reading from it today, it says, let me just pull it up. It says, We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. So I'm not giving any credit to the devil. He's defeated. He's done. His time is numbered. He knows it. But if God is warning us about this and saying to stay alert, we got to take this seriously. And my approach to this today is I want us to be able to expose how the enemy works in our lives day to day to try to discourage you, to demotivate you, to make you to shut off, to make you not want anything to do with God. I want to expose the little details of how that works. Because the way I like to picture it is I like soccer. I watch soccer. I go to soccer games all the time. And so maybe you guys like other sports, basketball, this, that. doesn't matter. Any sport, any competition, whatever it is, when two opponents come together, they don't just come, sit down in the arena, and then play the game, hoping that the best would happen. A lot of work goes in. They, the coaches and the players, they will go get videos and look at articles and look at information on the other team to find out their tactics, find out how they play, find out their strengths, find out their weaknesses, so that when you walk into the arena, you're playing for victory and you have the knowledge to do so. And that is what we are here to do tonight, to expose the enemy for how he tries to ruin us on a daily basis. So, how does the enemy get to us? There's many ways he can do it. It comes in many forms. It can come in just a a form of discouragement. Day to day, you're not good enough. You can't do this. Or maybe he's going to come into a relationship where two people who are living for God, and he's going to try to cause some turmoil just to ruin whatever that is. He's going to come to discourage you, to demotivate you, to make you feel like garbage because you see the enemy's out to seek, to kill, and destroy. He's not going to come and just give you a little push and say, I hope you're not feeling good today. He's coming out to seek, to kill, and destroy. He's coming to play with your anxiety. He's coming to make you depressed. He's coming to play with your suicidal thoughts. He wants to seek, to kill, destroy. He wants you done. And why? Because you are light. You have the light of God within you. Over the past couple of years, as God has been transforming my heart, when I started to become this brand new Christian, you know, I didn't really think too much about spiritual warfare. I just thought, I'm strong in God, and I'm good, and I'm passionate, and that will be fine. And you know what happened? I'd come to places like this. I would go to churches and stuff, and you would get pumped up. you get filled up, and you feel, I feel great tonight. I'm reading my word. I just gave my life to Christ again. I'm going to just live, live, live for two months. I'm going to read my word. I'm going to be the best Christian. And I genuinely, I did my best. But then something happens. And then you become dull again. And if you realize that all these things happen, like all these attacks that happen, like say you have an issue at your work, or say your relationship isn't going along, or say something's happening financially, or you're getting sick, or something, whatever it is, because there's so many topics that can happen. What is the number one natural outcome at the end of all that? This is what I start to think and ask the Lord. Because you have problems at work, within a week your problems, they'll get better. You have problems in your relationship. Yeah, within a week or two, things might get better. If you're sick, you might, you'll, maybe you'll get healthy and get better. If something's going wrong with money, you know, you'll eventually find your way. But what's the one thing that happens every time? 
something bad happens to us. We retreat in our faith. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but I've seen it countless times as Christians and in myself. You know, you can be on the mountaintops and everything's going well, but something bad happens. You get in a fight or get attacked by the enemy in some sort of mental or physical way, and then you retreat. You go from being this big gospel preacher to, I don't want to go to church right now. I don't, I'm going to listen to the old music again. I'm just, I'm just going to shrivel up in a ball and just do me the way I used to do me. And you know what? That's what the enemy wants. He wants to silence you. You see, spiritual warfare is not just to, to hurt you or to make you feel this or to make you feel that. He's not just trying to, his goal is to say, you are carriers of the gospel. How can I make you guys be quiet? I'm going to attack you until you are quiet. And that's why we need to learn about spiritual warfare. That's why we need to know. We need to know these things, the tactics of the enemy. Because when we go out into our daily lives and the, and the enemy comes to attack, we can be like, okay, I see what is going on. Okay, yeah, this hurts. This bugs me. It, 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 something's messing with me right now, but I'm feeling like I don't want to go to church anymore. I'm feeling like I don't want to praise God anymore. I feel like I want to go back to my sin. I want to start drinking, smoking, doing the drugs, watching porn, lusting, and all that stuff. I want to do that again. And it's from the enemy trying to suppress you, to push you away. And I'm telling you guys, we need to realize this. We need to see this. We need to combat this actively to say, I know what's going on, this hurts, but I will not retreat from God. I'm going to keep going forward because I know what he's trying to do, but now I see differently because tonight we're exposing that that's how the enemy works. So how do we do this? How do we win this spiritual battle daily? Well, in Ephesians 6, God gives us, written by Paul, a very good explanation. He says, put on the whole armor of God. Ephesians 6, 10, if you guys want to open it up, I know it's kind of dark. I'll give you guys a few seconds. We're going to read Ephesians 6, 10. I'm reading from NLT tonight because I just felt like it, it, it was a little bit easier to understand in a big group um, aspect. So, Ephesians 6, 10. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and it is mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, this is where he starts talking about the armor, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be standing firm. This is where it goes with the armor. Standing your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor, the breastplate of righteousness for shoes. Put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And it also says pray in the Spirit at all times. So that's a lot of words. That's a lot of stuff to take in. We just read a couple paragraphs. What does this all mean? Obviously, we're not going to go out and get some armor because that wouldn't make any sense. We, God is talking here. And back in the day when Paul wrote this, you got to understand the, the, the Roman soldiers, they, when they went out to battle, they had these big hunkin' armors that they would wear. This big, hard, metal chest plate and they would have these big swords and knives and all this stuff because they were going out to battle. They're going to go fight with arrows. They're going to go get stabbed. It was a different time back then. 
So that's why Paul is using these literary devices here to talk about what armor we should put on. But let's go through the armor. Let's talk about what this armor is. The belt of truth. What does it say? Stand ground putting on, stand your ground putting on the belt of truth. What is the belt of truth? Well, what is truth? The truth is the truth. Everything else is a lie. So the truth is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The truth is who Jesus is and what He's done and what He's going to do and, and everything that He is. His Word. So why, why, why is it the belt of truth? Why do we put on the belt? I like this little image right here. Let's say I'm going out to a wedding and I want to, you know, I got to put on my nice clothes. So I get my nice dress pants. I haven't worn them in a year. They're kind of loose. I get my dress shirt. I throw it on. You know how dress shirts are? They're kind of, they never fit properly. They're always kind of foldy and this and that. So let's say I put my dress pants on and I put my shirt on. Am I ready to go? No, I look pretty silly. I'm not prepared. I, 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 don't, I might be wearing nice clothes, but it, it does, it's not proper. It's not looking right. But what do you do? You put the belt on. What happens when you put the belt on? You pull your pants up. It gets tight. It's in the spot it needs to be. That shirt, it tucks in, and it looks good because the belt holds everything together. Just like the belt of truth, it holds everything together, holds the breastplate of righteousness together, holds the sword together. Without the truth, we're going to fail. We need the belt. The next piece. Put on the belt of truth and the body armor, the breastplate of righteousness. <laughs> what is the breastplate of righteousness? Well, there's only one who's righteous. It's Christ. That is Christ's righteousness. The righteousness that He went to the cross, He's never sinned. When He died, He took our sins and we take on His righteousness at the end. We wear His righteousness, but also because of Him, and it says to imitate Christ, and, to, and we want to be like Christ, and we want to live as Christ said, we imitate His righteousness. Our righteousness is like filthy rags. Don't get it mixed up. But because Christ has bestowed His righteousness upon us, in turn, in our response to the gospel to say, hey, I want to live a righteous life because the enemy is going to come around and try to entangle you and try to stab your heart. That's why it's the breastplate of righteousness. He's going to try to get your vital organs, attack you in places. But when we have the righteousness of Christ and when we desire righteousness, we're like, no, I know the truth and I'm not going to let it attack my heart because I am operating on the righteousness of Christ. The next one, it is the shoes. What does he say about the shoes? For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you be fully prepared. I, I, I sat here a long time at home thinking about what can I talk about shoes? Because I honestly I couldn't think of anything. But I was praying, I was researching. You know, if I were to take off my shoes right now and walk around this room, my shoes would probably get dirty or my feet would probably get a little bit dirty, but I'd be fine. If I walk outside in the parking lot, maybe I'd get wet. Maybe my, my socks would start to get some holes in them. Maybe my feet would start to hurt. But by the time I start walking down to the lights, you know, my feet are probably bleeding. i got blisters. My, I can't go that far. So what are the shoes? And what is this good news? Well, the good news is the gospel. And the shoes, Christ is saying, you know, put on the shoes of the gospel. We have the good news. We're deflecting all this enemy stuff and all these attacks, but we, we carry the good news. And we need to have these shoes because we need to be prepared at any time. 
to go here, to go there with shoes, you can walk in any season. Right now you can go walk in the mud, the snow, here, there, it doesn't matter. We are always prepared with the good news of God and our shoes to walk. No matter where it goes, sharp, hot, cold, we are prepared. That is what the Lord is saying. Put on the armor of the shoes so that we're just prepared to go anywhere with this good news. No matter what. The next one is the shield of faith. This is actually my personal favorite of this one. When I was researching, I was so, so surprised at how significant Paul was. So what it says here is, in addition to these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. So back in the day, when the Romans were you know, putting on this armor and going to fight, they also had these big shields. And these shields were covered in animal skins, thick animal skins. And before the battle, they would go and they would dip it into the water and then it would go out to battle. This thing would be soaked. But when the enemies come with their flaming arrows and they'd be shooting it, they put their shields up and you know it would hit the shield and the flame would go out. I love this illustration because when we are dipped into the Word of God, when we are living in the prayer and we are devoting ourselves to Christ, we're going to extinguish those fiery, doubtful arrows from the enemy that are coming all the time. And we need to be regularly dipped. It's not you just wet it once and then two weeks later it's dry. No, you got to wet it daily because you never know when an arrow is going to come your way. Don't put down your faith. Our faith is our faith in God. It's who God is. It's unshakable. It's what He's done. It's what He's going to do. If we are not strong in our faith, you're going to be attacked left, right, and center. Remember that. And finally, the last two is put on the salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. What is the helmet of salvation? When we became Christians, we get salvation. Okay, yes. So what is salvation, the helmet of salvation? It's, it's the hope of our salvation. It's the hope of faith. It's the hope that we know that we are bought by Christ. We are redeemed by Christ. He bought us. I know this. And when the enemy comes to cast doubt upon my mind, to see if my faith is genuine or if I'm legit or all this stuff or anything that comes, that we know because I have the helmet of salvation. I know who goes before me and I know who stands behind me. That is the hope of salvation. That's the helmet of salvation. And lastly, the word of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I have a little Bible at home. And it has a little, like a little dagger on it. And when I go to church, I'm just swinging it around. Because it's the sword of the Spirit. And I, and I just, I love that Bible because it always reminds me that, you know, no matter what comes our way, no matter what the enemy says, no matter what temptation or what sin or whatever it is, we can come to the Word of God and it will tell us what is true. So next time the enemy comes and he's, and he's twisting a little half lie or this, this, or that, you take out your sword of the Spirit and you say, I know the Word of God. That is not true. I am not going to believe that. I am not going to fall for that because I'm wearing the belt of truth and I got the righteousness covering me. I got the helmet of salvation. I can walk wherever I want. And I got the sword of the Spirit, and I got the shield of faith. Try, come and get me, devil. You can't. That is why we need to be in the armor of God. You can't just wear the shield and walk around with the shield. You might dodge a few darts, but you're exposed. And a lot of the times as Christians, we don't think about putting on the whole armor. We think, okay, just because, okay, I feel good. I've been really in my word the past couple weeks, so I'm, I should be. What happens two weeks later? 
when you're not in your word anymore, when you're not carrying around the sword of truth, when you're not dipping your shield of faith into the water and all this stuff, you're going to get attacked. And guess what happens? When you get attacked, you're going to retreat. And when you retreat, you close up and the enemy wins that short little battle. But not anymore, because tonight we're exposing him by the sword of the spear. We're exposing the enemy because we have a new mindset now. And I want you guys, if there's anything that you guys can take from this, is that whatever, just take that we need to have this mindset, that we need to walk into our daily lives and say, okay, this is happening. I know the enemy tries to do. I'm going to try to see it a different way. That is what I want you guys to understand today. If there's one thing you can take away is that understand the enemy works in many ways. and He's going to try to attack you. He's going to cause brother against brother, sister against sister, friend against friend. And sometimes we look and we take it at face value thinking we're fighting against human. But it's not, we're not fighting against flesh and blood like the Lord says. We're fighting against spirits. So we need to be vigilant. When bad things happen, sure, bad things can happen. But it's not always bad things. Sometimes if it's to silence you, if it's to stop you from preaching the gospel, it's spiritual warfare. So I'm going to ask JD to come up. We appreciate you listening to our podcast and we hope that it has edified you and encouraged you to love a passion-filled Christian life. For more information, visit www.thisissalvation.com for more teachings and information like you've just heard.